is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Wow, this is a surprisingly eye-opening chat, actually, uh, principally... When Maddie contributes, I had to have a bit of a lie down after. I had to have a gin and tonic and a huge spliff. Well, no, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, very. I'm going to feel a bit wobbly all day after this after this conversation. Um, Very very interesting. And just to say, actually, because we're about half about half an hour in, it sounds like we're saying that every single child will inevitably take drugs. And obviously, this 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 chat is just about those that do. Yeah, I I do say that the half. Half of all teenagers yeah. don't take drugs, but yeah. we're talking about the problem for those teenagers that encounter do. drugs or do mm. take drugs or run the risk of taking drugs. Mm. It's um, a fascinating discussion, it I really have to is. say. And young people, I know that you join us a lot. Just, just, I'll be really pleased. Send, send us your comments on yeah. what Maddie and Carlitos say because we we both feel very privileged. I think yeah. that they've shared in the way that they have today. If a little shaken. Yeah, lie down. Good morning, everyone. We're literally coming into this conversation, discovering that London is about to go into a tier two. Is it a lockdown? What the bloody hell do we well, call this? Well, whatever they want to call it, tier two, tier three, two, whatever, whatever new names you want it's to give it. We are, fears. we are locked down. We are can't have our families round. We no. can't go out to restaurants. We can't go out to bars. We can't go. Out. To me, it's like lockdown. Avoid all non-essential travel. Reduce say? your transport well, and don't commute. What's different? That well, is a lockdown, no, isn't it? That was exactly the same as the last lockdown. There are some shops open. Well, oh. no, there were some shops open. There were essential shops open during the first lockdown. Anyway, yeah. literally, the news has just broken just as we're so about So we're a little bit reeling So we're just it. we're just considering, obviously, all of that through the lens of our teenagers and trying to work out whether they can still meet each other in the group of six, mm. rule of six, at a park. Uh, I mean, you know, you could argue, is everyone looking for how they can sort of cheat the system and get round the system? Mm. Um, and... Uh, I think it's fair enough that we're we're all looking at how we can exist and live our normal lives and ensure and reassure our children and our teenagers mm. that their lives can still have some sort of richness to them. You know, it's not about at trying to moment, dodge the system. Do you know what I mean? At this moment right now, they don't know this. No, but, I know. You know, Kiki's asleep and Maddie's... Uh, at Patrick's. Yeah. So they don't actually know and I know it's going to be a massive whack for them again. So yeah. So anyway, so the, the the topic of the of discussion today is one of the things that always strikes us about these conversations is rather than always trying to strike for entirely new territories or mm. subjects or topics, the 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 job of being a parent or the experience of being a parent is the grinding repetition and constant sort of <laughs> highs and lows of really often the, the same shit, yeah. the same shit sort yeah. of repackaged and repurposed and coming at you in the form of different children of different ages at different mm. times of, of your life. So, you know, there's a kind different of... pandemics. Different pandemics, yeah, I suppose that's the one unusual. I feel like we've got a brand new pandemic a brand today, new pandemic. So, you know, I mean, insofar as certain, there are certain sort of constants, aren't there, in mm. being a parent, certain constant problems, 
uh, things that come back that forever are kind of snagging you and worrying you. And one of them is drugs. Uh, and we have done a previous conversation where we talked about we often go back in, you know, into mm. our pasts, our childhoods, our own first experiences mm. of things. We've talked about all of that. And I'm sure and some of that... that's a few months back. So if you yeah. want to check through and look for that podcast, yeah. it, was, it was a really good chat as well, that one. But I think there's a misnomer. I mean, we, we hear a lot about alcohol consumption in lockdown. We, you know, and we hear a lot about how fresh as we can kids going to uni, alcohol. That, that's the obvious sort of bugbear, isn't it? How do we negotiate alcohol? But I think there's also, um, you know, drugs haven't vanished. Mm. Far from it. You know, the prevalence of e-scooters and all sorts of other mopeds and sorts of things like that. There are a lot of people out there delivering their drugs. We live in a Just Eat uh, Deliveroo, mm. uh, Uber Eats culture. Mm. And it's quite horrifying to learn mm. that an enormous number of drug dealers are actually dealing and delivering their drugs in this fashion. It's well, very actually, easy to get it. it's apparently it's a way of grooming the younger kids to become delivery, deli- not uh, right, say yeah. delivery, uh, delivery drivers, let's yeah. say, um, because they, they offer them a scooter. Wow. So you get a free scooter. So rather than a new phone, it's now. And then and then and then you can deliver the drugs and it's so I mean, oh my god, that the speediness of that, you know, and and to to dodge so many situations on one of those that one doesn't even bear thinking about. Easy drugs. But but, but it's easy drugs, but it's not only that. I mean, I was looking at an article last week where they were talking about how um in universities, a lot of universities now, kids have been getting leaflets under their door from their mm. drug dealers with their with their social media tags. So right. you're on Snapchat, you can order on Instagram. Um, and apparently they're playing, paying with Bitcoin. Yes. Who would think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember one of, our, one of my stepdaughters, one of Mark's um, kids, telling me that the first within the first week that they were at university... They were offered, it was kind of like a few days where you were offered stuff for free so that people could try it, you know, try and buy. Um, And they were actually waiting on um, street corners of the university as people arrived and talking to them as soon as they arrived. Um, which I, it did, it did, honestly, that worried me so much when, when she told me that. But now, years on, it seems that we're even, it's even more accessible. Yeah, Who I mean, thought you could order it on Snapchat? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the things that really perturbs me and alarms me, and, we, you know, this is, you know, we hear this from all of our eldest girls, obviously not Kiki's a bit too young at the moment, um, and is the fact that, we, I mean, when I was a student and I was at college, and I have to confess, you know, we all engaged a little bit in sourcing drugs for each other. So, for example, there'd be an occasion where I'd have some spliff and I'd be supplying sort of a couple of my friends. I mean, I wasn't a drug dealer, but essentially one was the person, you know, that you were the sort of the conduit through which the drugs arrived to your social group. Well, I think that's a very important thing to just pause there with because you weren't a dealer. What you were doing, you were getting it for your friends. So for any young listeners here... Mm. If you were to get caught getting it for your friends, oh, absolutely. you would get time like yeah. you are a dealer. But and the, that's the, the very, yeah. very, you know, very, very dangerous game to play that, getting stuff for your friends. But the Don't point I was it. trying to make was, A, it was wrong. B, it was illegal. C, if I'd got caught, it would have been, um, you know, I'd have been dealt with as if as if I was a supplier, a yeah. proper supplier. I, I was bl- blissfully unaware of this, as were all my friends, as long as it fitted into what in those days was a... Uh, the old-fashioned uh, photographic film canisters. Mm. <laughs> Everyone would have one of those and walking around. But my point I wanted to make was, 
I remember in those days when people were scoring and doing it and all that, and, and I wasn't a big spliff smoker at all, but it was around, obviously. It was only spliff. Yeah. It was only spliff, and it was only a very sort of benign sort of spliff resin. It, you didn't have the multitude of choices mm-hmm. that seem to be available to all now. Um, and there is such a complicated list of choices now. I mean, you know, it stands out in my historics the moment that acid was taken or ecstasy was taken. But now we're in a situation where things like MDMA, they're almost top-up drugs. People are like ketamine. People are constantly taking this stuff, almost as a kind of just trotting along. It's, 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 a, it's as normal as having a can of Carlsberg or a cider or a pint or whatever. But, and uh, I think we have a different culture of intake. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was round at one of our neighbours' um, houses the other day and her um, lovely daughter was there. You know, she's 18 and she's one of these. She's actually so rare in that she's completely into her yoga she's very zen she doesn't even drink you know she's but she was just and she's got a very open relationship with her mom a bit like we do with our girls and she was chatting about her friends that were at uni and um she said oh god she said and and drugs and i'm saying oh i said we're doing this podcast on drugs you know Mm. what what are your friends saying she said it's really strange thing she said some of my friends at some universities are so pissed off because this was where they were going to try MDMA for the first yeah. time. This is where they were going to have their first acid trip. They'd gone to this particular university <laughs> because in that area you could get drunks, drugs really easily. I was like, oh, right. right. And, she was, and I said, so why are they pissed off? She said, because you can't get any oh. because of COVID. Oh, right. I was like, oh, right. Oh, okay. And so they're really, really annoyed because she said that was their rite of passage for the first term to try all the drugs that they hadn't tried up until then. Right. And this university and this city is an excellent university she's talking about and an excellent city. And then she said, but then she's got another friend who is absolutely rife. You know, you can just literally ring it up and it's there, it's there and it's delivered. So everybody's experiences are very different at the moment. But isn't that just chilling? It's really chilling. And and, and so we scroll back to Confessions of a Modern Parent. What the hell do we do? I mean, is is it a case of the genie is so out of the bottle that no amount of parental sort of guidance or parental... Uh, you know, sort of jurisdiction or sort of limiting or suggesting or counselling or barring or banning or preventing. Is any of that going to work? Well, look, we you and that? I were very, very wild. I was uh, I was wild, wild. Yeah. And, you know, I look back and I often say this on this podcast for any young people, I regret it. I really regret it. Mm. Um, but could my parents have done anything? No. Right. Uh I knew we were going to be doing this this chat and so a couple of days ago I was reading through sort of different bits and pieces of advice from different child psychologists. Yes. I honestly, I ended up laughing by the end of it because it's like, what world are you living in oh, when right. you give us this advice? And what is it? Well, yeah, Tell your children not to do it. Absolutely that you are, you have a very, very clear boundary and you Absolutely, until the legal age, there must be no alcohol and no... Oh, well, great. OK, I'm going to say that. And, of course, what are my kids going to do? My kids are going to do... And we have really, really good, well-behaved, yeah. polite children. I'm not saying that our children are rogues and everything. But I know. I mean, sometimes I say for Mark and I, it's difficult because we were wild. It's a bit difficult because you kind of know the signs of whatever's going on. You can't be blissfully ignorant. Well, when you look at the signs, I, I read an article which said, look out for the giveaway signs. 
moodiness, moodiness all silence all teenagers uh, a shift in waking up and 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 um, their sort of daily patterns all teenagers changing their skin changing their skin a desire for junk food yeah but that's yeah, teenage yeah. that's teenage so all the symptoms of massive drug addiction are the same as being a teenager. Which, which you know, I, I was... That's I the was, lunacy of As it. I was Googling around, I thought because oh, we... Oh, there's have, the feds. <laughs> as, as, we, as I was Googling around, it was interesting because we have such a, a broad knowledge on all of this and we have many experiences. We've lost people to suicide. We have, we mm. have a vast experience around this topic. And as I was Googling and looking around, I was thinking, my God, I feel sorry for people that have no experience and no knowledge of this as a parent looking blindly into this. Because the advice, quite frankly, is... is well, it's paltry. Um, well, it, yeah, it, but well, is it, it just, paltry? It's a, it's a bit, the advice is good, but it's a bit cloud cuckoo land. Well, I'd, 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 I'd go somewhere else. I, I'd say that... Peer it's pressure an, it's is an, the it, biggest thing. Yeah, it's an inadvisable situation. Yeah. I don't think as a parent, whether you're qualified, whether you intimately know the drugs... Here's the thing, mm. and here's, here's something that really kind of gets to me sometimes. Whatever one says to one's children, and I've done it with Izzy, with Fleur, with Maddie now, every child of every generation wants to feel that they are infinitely more knowledgeable about mm. their generation's diet of whatever it is they're doing than their mm. parents. It, and yeah, by and large, essentially, they probably are because yeah, they're rubbing up against they it. They, their friends yeah. are doing it. They, you know, they've got certain groups that they know do this, do that, do that. The problem with that is is that it's, it's inbuilt into being a parent. There's a built-in obsolescence to our relevance and our ability to advise regardless of how intense. So even if, you know, um, Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones was to come in or um, what's the other guy on guitar who's, who's the absolute kind Keith of... Richards. Keith Richards. Keith Richards was to come in and go, guys, man, you've really yeah. got to not do this. Every child of today will still go, old rocker, irrelevant, yeah. with the art. Do you know about ping? What do you know about hurrah? Ping. Or yeah. funt, funt. Exactly. <laughs> um. No, do you know what I mean? So there is a yeah. built-in obsolescence. So no amount of even our qualifications of me as a recovering addict, alcoholic, us both having sort of burnt the candle at both ends when we were younger, it's an irrelevance to teenagers. Isn't it a total irrelevance? A total irrelevance. I mean, when Maddie was much younger and she was still very sort of pure and not wanting to drink and she was, you know, and she was around people that were smoking or whatever, she used to say to me, oh, I'm really lucky, Mum, because I've got an excuse when I say mm. I don't want to have anything because I can say I can't because I have everything my family has gone through, I can't do it. Obviously, that's changed. Obviously, she drinks like other teenagers and yeah. all of that. But... Um, we what we our we I think the way we approached it was let's try for as long as we can yeah. to keep that brain free from alcohol or whatever because mm. we know that the effects of alcohol on the brain yeah. uh, even before twenty one are huge. I mean, yeah. I, I was drinking at fourteen and I was drinking loads, yeah. and my mom didn't have a blooming clue. She didn't have a blooming clue. Yeah. Because you don't get hangovers at that age and you'd stay away for the weekend, you'd come back all fresh-faced, you know, all jolly lovely. I wasn't a particularly bad child. No. But I was just, everybody else was drinking. Yeah. So when my girls say to me, well, everybody's drinking, I'm not the sort of parent that goes, well, no, they're not. And everyone is, everyone was, and, yeah. you know, and the same now. Um, and actually, you know... Um, because I talk to a lot of young people. I'm lucky I get to meet a lot of different young people. And, um, you know, there are no borders on this. It's not about, or if I send my kid to a posh private school... Not at all. ..that they won't do drugs, because 
one of my friend's kids that's at a very, very expensive private school, oh my God, when I talk to her son about that, and about the drugs, it would make your hair curl. Well, half the so crazy... No, half, yeah. It's not even like, oh, my God, you know, if only I could get my kid to a private no, school with no. nice people. They have more money, they buy different drugs, and they don't... Yeah, I'm not saying for a minute here that every child does drugs, but that's what we're talking well, about. That's we're talking really about the children that yeah, do Yeah, exactly, and that's a really important thing you say there because I think in a couple of reports I've read, it's important to remember that actually something like 51% of most children don't take yeah. drugs. So, you know, I think we have to bear that in mind. And you could ask the question, well, why aren't those 50%? Is, is, are they coming up against it? Are they not coming up against it so there's no choice? Do they live in a world or a lifestyle where it's just not, not there? You know, it's, it's not... It's taking... I think whatever route you take as a parent, you take a gamble. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. So, yeah. you know, some people I know of my age that said, oh, I never touched a drug because my mum always used to say to me, you take a drug and you die. Yeah. You'll die like that. And she said, so I was always, I'm thinking of one particular colleague of mine, and she said, so I just never took a drug because right. I thought I would die. I've always been, of the, I think we have as parents, always been of the thinking that that is actually quite a risky way to go. Yes. Because Ooh, if, you sorry, tell, if you tell your child that and then your child is out with a group of people that have taken MDMA or taken cocaine or taken something and look to be having the best time of their lives and don't die then they are not going to trust you. What they're going to... This is, was our philosophy. Yeah, yeah. They're going to think, well, mum and dad said, oh, duh, obviously they don't know anything about drugs, you don't die. So our way has been to say, listen, you know, you you will see people having a great time. Yes. What you won't see is what the effects of it down the line, the yeah. regret. Well, uh, you know, from death to to maybe just ruining their looks. The feds again, guys, the, sorry. The spectrum is broad, yeah. what can happen. I think it's an important part of parenting to, to, to talk about that spectrum. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, weirdly, I sometimes look back and I've often talked, we've talked elsewhere on our platforms about, you know, my I, I do often sometimes see in older age addictions of most forms being a sort of slow-motion suicide. And for me, a major component of, of trying to, if you like, by stealth with all of my girls, um, get them to move away from the allure of drugs or the idea mm. that they're a really cool thing or that it's just very entertaining how people are, is to play the hypochondria card, is mm. to go the route. Now, you're right, if you overplay it, you run a risk. But I do sometimes think that because they sort of look at me and they know I've done most things, they know that I've struggled, they know that I suffered, they know that I was a sort of, I'm a sort of, I'm a survivor of a lot of the elements that come with addiction. Um, I feel that sometimes I can, I can actually pull them towards the hypochondriacal, uh, actually, you know, it's not just about dying, it's about a whole heap of other really horrible experiences that can happen with ketamine, with all these mm. things. They can damage parts of your body. That It's not just about sitting there frothing at the mouth mm. and dying, though that is a very you know, mm. high possibility. It's also about the fact that it can just it can change and transform parts of your body for, the, for, for good, mm. your skin. It can change your relationships. It can destroy, a, a, you know, you might be really romantically involved with someone and wanting to hold this relationship together, but the drugs will, will, will ruin it Or the you. embarrassment when you've embarrassed, well, embarrassed yourself. I mean, Absolutely. these are the same conversations that we have about alcohol. It's about stealth, say, but it's a stealthy way of trying yeah. to approach it, you know, and I do use the... I always say to, you know, certainly with Maddie, I always say the thing of, look, you will possibly go out and see someone on MDMA having a great time for the next 20 years, but it's Russian roulette. 
Exactly. Is if you're willing, are you willing to take a, lo a gun with one bullet in the chamber and hold it to your head and, not just, keep it? and just keep clicking it? Because I said the more and more you come up against it, the more and more likely it is that you're going to hit hit someone. We've and another technique that we have, because teenagers hate you looking directly into their face and talking to them. They just yeah. hate it. So we will... There'll be an article and I will just discuss it with Mark or Mark with me. Oh, my God. And they'll be in the room. Did you see this? Yeah. This girl... Oh, my God, look at her. She's just 17. She was at this festival. Yeah, she'd done drugs four or five times before. And then this one got her bang dead. Yeah. And I think that's a way just by osmosis to let them know, of the, you know, what, what, you know what, what can happen. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things, we're going to have a look at some of the comments from, from um, our social media. But one of, the, um, one of the things that I read somewhere where, you know, some doctors and, and, and psychologists were sort of talking about the fact that you know, what do you what do you think the role of a parent is? I mean, a lot of parents think that actually taking drugs with their children or allowing children to take drugs in their home or in their garden. I mean, a big thing, a big middle class thing is letting children or letting your teenage children smoke drugs in the garden. And oh, no. I, I sometimes get struck by how conservative I find myself when I hear that. I get really cross. And I, don't, I, I have to interrogate what that's about. Is it that I'm cross that I'm not that free and easy? I think the reason it makes me cross is that I think when parents do that, it undermines the parenting of all other parents in that peer group. It, it, mm. it allows it all the children in that group... To, yeah, it allows all the children in that group to point to such and such as parents and go, they're really cool. Well, of course teenagers are going to think you're really cool if you say to them, take drugs in my garden. I mean, it's, I know we talked about this regarding cannabis, but I also know, you know, I've heard of stories of, of parents having cocaine with their children, you know, like this, the idea being that if you do it with me, you know, keep you're your enemies safe. closer, you'll be safer, I've, I've got jurisdiction over where the drugs have come. No one's got bloody jurisdiction of how drugs impact on you. It's an absolute joke. But I do get... I get really fired up and really cross when parents, under the guise of being cool or somehow kind or somehow protective, sanction low-level drug use in their home or in their garden because it completely neuters the ability of the parents of the other children to enact any, not ground rules, but any caution even. Because it's just a great big green light just going, yeah, it's all right. Because as soon as you've got that in your peer group, all teenagers flood towards it. Permission. That's why, I mean, I'm not saying it, this is the only reason kids go to college, though I am increasingly shocked that this is what I hear is the main reason people go to college. I'm choosing that college, as you, you just mentioned before, because of the social scene and the drugs. The social scene followed whatever subject it was I was going to do at university. It never led. It never led. And still for many students it doesn't. No, no, absolutely. No, I, mean, I just want to keep reiterating that. So even if you're if you're a young person, you're listening to this, and you don't want to all be tarred with the same brush, we are we are literally yeah. talking about those that do. We, I think there's an awful lot going on at the moment of, of all teenagers being called one thing. And I think no, it's no, no, I'm not suggesting that. No, for no, a I know you're I mean, not. I, oh, absolutely, I know you're not. But I just wanted to reiterate that. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. 
So here, here are some, let's have a look at some comments. We, we put out on our social media platforms what people's main worries were or experiences of drugs were. Yeah. Um, so Natalie Gibbing, my 16-year-old son moved out as I stopped him bringing weed into my house. It broke my heart. Now, that oh. really struck me because it's, wow. so she's put in a boundary... But the boundary was traversed because oh. she because the son absolutely so wanted to do it, so they oh, moved out. Oh my god! Which I think is a really harsh and oh. inflexible situation where you sort of think, well, what the hell do you do? How can so? Well, I mean, that's what they will say in the priory, and they say in any like rehab place, you know, for you to be, for, you have to if you've got a boundary about drugs, you have to be really strict about it. Yeah. So, so, so almost a microscopic version of if you're going to keep taking drugs, stay away from my home. These are the rules here. Yeah, because I because I don't agree with what you're doing to your body. But then you run the risk of never seeing. But your you child. see, the thing is, a lot of people do think there is absolutely no difference between alcohol and weed, and that's where a lot of young people lose respect for their family. When yeah. you say, "Well, you're popping open two bottles of wine a night, yeah. and you're half pissed, <laughs> and you're telling me about my my couple of joints," and I kind of well, let's not get me started on no, the, on, I know, on the but, whole so-called no. benign qualities of cannabis. It, no, but no. also there are no benign qualities to alcohol no, either. I agree. So I, I agree. do think, as parents, we do have to be mindful yeah. of what message we're giving when we when we're getting pissed in front of our kids. You know. Joe Reeves here echoes what I was just saying. I think parents who let their teens smoke drugs in the garden and house are the big problem. I entirely agree. I think I, I just think it's so misinformed and it's so achingly parents trying to be bloody hip. Um, Katie Wilson, my biggest fear for my children is drugs. I need to educate myself so I can educate mm. them. And that's interesting. That's really, really, really important. Yeah. Honestly, Katie, go and find our, our previous conversation on this where we talk in, in, in even more detail yeah. uh, about drugs because I think it will be he- helpful. I think on that, I would say try not to be hysterical yeah. because the hysteria drives kids out and drives them to look at people having a good time and go, oh, my mum's just being hysterical. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe you could even say... You know what? I don't know a lot about this, but let's look at it together. Let's have yeah. a bit of a. I mean, though obviously, your teenager will go. Oh my god, I can't think of anything. I worse. do. I do think but we do a. We we do, we are relatively successful. At, I think our girls know our intolerances around drugs. We're not stupid. We're not pretending they don't go on, and we're not pretending they're not mm. going to come up against them, or that they're there. And we have never been able to say that people don't have great times on them because sometimes they do. But we I are. I do have. The, I, and I have always had the real fear that if I just do, I will be furious and I will come down yeah. like, like is I I've always worried that say something happened and they they or one of their friends was in it was in some sort of drama god forbid where they were ill or something that they wouldn't call us yeah and I would because they would be too fearful and yeah. I would never ever that would be oh god so scary. I the pull the, I, I essentially pull the stark hypochondria card, then I follow it up with the <laughs> Russian roulette card, then I follow it with the... But look, you know, like with alcohol, I often say, look, alcohol served me great. You know, you could have a lot of great experiences. That usually ties into the Russian roulette card. Mm-hmm. And then I follow it all up with, there's absolutely no judgment, and the most critical thing, no-one will be telling you off about this if you call us in a crisis for yourself or for anyone else. Uh, that's, that's the best you can do. Um... 21, Georgina Matthews, 21 at uni, got told I've, I'd have to drink here by my family, but I haven't touched a drop. It's not all bad parents. 
That's good mm-hmm. to hear. It goes to back hear. to the fact really that not all hear. kids are out there just, you yeah. know, rabidly wanting to take stuff like I did. Uh, Sarah speaks, be open with them so that they know they are able to talk to you without repercussions. That just echoes exactly what we were just saying then, doesn't it? Mm. Um, Chloe Parker, a lot of people feel they don't fit in without it. Everyone seems to be at the dangers of drugs. I think teens need to learn at schools how bad most drugs are for our bodies. I, I agree. Mm. I agree. I do think schools could take a more proactive approach to the complexities of drugs, mm. you know, in terms of life skill teaching and in terms of the range mm. and the options. Mm. And... And if you have teachers... You've got, to talk, you've got to talk to kids about it without there being a tone of telling them off. You've got to speak about it at their level. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, words along these lines, you know, you're going to come across this stuff. This stuff yeah. is going to float have in front of you. Have you thought about how you might might deal with somebody trying to get, or, you know, asking you to try yeah. it? You know, what might you do? Yeah. Because our generation, no parent ever had that kind of conversation, did they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, this is a long one, but I wanted to read this out. In my 30s, this is Beck Manchester. In my, I'm in my 30s now, but my mum warned me how dangerous they were and said, if you want to try drugs, then let me know so I can take care of you in case anything goes wrong. It took away the rebellion part because mum was telling me I was allowed, but also subtly warning me I could die. So she wanted to be there to make sure that didn't happen. An odd approach, and I'm not sure what she would have done if I had accepted the deal... But I've never touched an illegal drug in my wow. life, so whatever she was planning had worked. Wow. I like that. That's kind of not... Her, her, your your mum's approach, Beck, is kind of not entirely dissimilar to kind of what we... how we approach it, really. But then even then, you know, from a parent's POV, yeah. you could do that. You could have four children and you could say that to each one of them and I bet not every child would behave, respond in that way. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, even as a parent, it's Russian roulette. It is, right. Yeah, there's two games of Russian roulette yeah. going on. Katie Roach says, one, as a teen, I think it's happening, regardless what parents do say, so it yeah. would just be best to, two, discuss safe use of drugs and assure them that if anything went wrong, they can call you, exactly. three, for help, similar to how parents tend to treat alcohol. I don't know why it's so different. Mm. Um I mean, I do think, and I think that's an important thing. I mean, it sometimes sounds like we're contradicting ourselves. I have a real intolerance about the perception that, that say, spliff is benign. I also have a real intolerance that there's a sort of demonising of certain other drugs, like MDMA, at the while sanctioning almost the sort of, all oh, the kind of chilly, hippie, hippie flowery kind of stuff of, of spliff. And then, of course, there's no demonising of alcohol. I do find it really frustrating that there's these hierarchies. All these things affect people in very different ways. And the legality of a substance has nothing to do with the damage it can cause to you. Just because a state of law says, you know, this is legal, alcohol kills more people than anything else put together. Anything else put together. Um, Katie Bubbs says, age 11, Dad told me if I ever wanted drugs to try them with him so he knew I was safe. I never did drugs. Wow. See, oh, I, no. I don't know if I could sit there oh, with I couldn't Kiki say and that. say that. Oh, no. Could you? No, no. But I'm not standing in judgment, no. but just that wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I, when life gives you men, <laughs> I have three children, two are anti my eldest, two, uh, two are anti, my eldest loves a joint, we've tried talking a lot to him about how it affects him. He's the one who suffers anxiety, is go. quite negative, has no drive or passion, his friends are also the same, he cut down a lot, and this is, this is it, this is the thing that, that my favourite word at the moment is oh. creep, the way things creep up on you, yeah. and I think the thing I, I hate about Spliff is well, that it's Spliff- such a slow motion demise. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I do believe it's a gateway drug, whatever I anyone do. says. Not I, for everybody, no, but for no. some. Yeah. But we've done a, a, a previous podcast 
entirely on that entire subject. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in that, do yeah. do have a do have a look for it. So we also asked Maddie and, and Carlitos to talk. Of course. Yeah. We have to get Maddie and Carlitos Let's have a listen. In. If you're new to the podcast, um, Maddie is our eldest daughter, 17, 18 on Christmas Day, and Carlitos is 17 and uh, the son of a very, very dear friend of mine. Here we go. This is Maddie. So um, I, yeah, I do think that parents are kind of fighting a losing battle um, when it comes to drugs and their teenagers um obviously i can't speak for all teenagers because obviously there are teenagers out there that aren't doing drugs and you know aren't tempted or anything and aren't planning on taking them but obviously i can only speak from experience and people i know and yeah my take on them but i personally think that parents are fighting a losing battle because I think, first of all, it's not only just human nature, but also teenage nature (laughs) Uh, at this age to want more from the world than you're being given. And I think especially at this moment with lockdown and just COVID in general, uh, everyone, well, I mean everyone, but, you know, teenagers uh, are lacking in so much because what we can do is limited so I know that I'm not obviously not going to say any names but a lot of people I know have really gotten into drugs since Covid because it's kind of been the only fun thing to do because you haven't been able to go out or you know do stuff you usually would to distract or I I think it's yeah it's it's hard because it's like at the moment we're not really being able to live life to the fullest so I guess drugs are like the only other way and also at this age there's a lot of confusing feelings so you know you do just think that like um this will solve them or this will make me feel better for the time being and I think it's silly to think that teenagers don't understand the consequences and the dangers I think they do and that's even more like that's partly the reason why they still do it like there is the thing of being attracted to danger at this age and kind of believing you're invincible and all of this. Um, I do think it's hard for parents um, and it's quite hard to admit that you're fighting a losing battle, but I'm just being honest and I am just saying I really do think you are fighting a losing battle because, I don't know, everybody I know whose parents are very strict about drug-taking and are paranoid about all the time and ask about all the time. They're always the ones that do the most. And um, the people I know whose parents are more... Not laid back as in, you know, they're, like, you know, letting them go out and do it and, like, doing it with them. But the ones that are more like, okay, we get that you're this age and you're going to do stupid stuff and that's your decision to make. Just know that, you know, I'm here if you're in trouble. They're usually the more sensible ones because... They know that their parents... It's weird, I don't understand how it works, but because they know their parents are going to not be mad and look after them if they were in a dangerous situation, they tend to not get into dangerous situations more than the kids whose parents are like, don't you have a la-la-la, you know. Um, but obviously it can be, it can work both ways. You know, people with laid-back parents can end up being worse and people with strict parents end up not, you know, end up not touching it. Um, you know, nothing's one thing, but 
you know, from my perspective, that's how how it works. But I do get that it's hard, and obviously you don't want your kids doing drugs, but I feel like, um, again, it comes back to the thing of adults forgetting what it was like to be teenagers. And obviously not all, you know, parents have done drugs when they were younger or wanted to when they were younger, but I feel like they need to try and understand at least why they are attractive to us um, because, yeah, there's so many bad things that come with drugs, but then you've also got to look at not necessarily good things, but why kids are attracted to them because they're not just these ugly, evil things that kill you and all of this. They can be, but there are a lot of people that have great times and, you know, <laughs> so it's there's a balance, really. Um, I think that most young people will try drugs at some point, like... I mean, it depends on what the drugs, you know, I feel like, I mean, every almost everybody's drunk, well, everybody has drunk alcohol and almost everybody smoked weed or, like, smoked cigarette, but even with Class A drugs, I feel like most young people are going to at some point, whether it's when they're, if they're just planning on doing it when they're older or they're just planning on trying it once, then never doing it again. Because I know quite a few people that used to be like, oh, my God, drugs are disgusting, like, really against it kind of judge people that did and now they're now they're coming to an age where they're like oh, I might try that <laughs> um again I just but that's normal like of course of course people are going to think like that of course you're going to think like that um and yeah but like I said again I you know there are, I've met <laughs> very very few uh teenagers that have just been totally against it and don't plan on trying drugs or aren't curious about it either I would say I am curious because I just feel like obviously I understand there are like bad well terrible terrible um <laughs> consequences sometimes um but I think there are some really good there are some really positives as well obviously I'm only talking about you know, so I'm not talking, this isn't me talking for all drugs, do you know what I mean? I'm not promoting or anything. I'm not saying people, this is how people should think, but me personally. Um, I would say that I am probably curious and I'm not really scared of taking, like, I'm scared of what can happen, but I feel like I'm informed enough to know what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Um, and... Yeah, and I feel like it's important for parents to just understand that that is how their child is going to think at one point instead of trying to fight it and trying to, you know, I don't know. And it's hard because obviously I'm not, I'm still a teenager. I don't know what it's going to be like as a parent and having kids. I'm sure that when I'm a parent and I have kids, I'm going to stress out about, well, I will stress out about this stuff. But at this age, I, I don't really think in that in those terms. I just kind of think selfishly. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, friends of mine that have done, like, really, you know, strong drugs, they are, like, a bit scared before doing it. But I think that's part of the fun for a lot of people. It's kind of like, oh, my God, this is so scary. But, like, oh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. That's that sort of thing. And I know a lot of people that are sensible about it. Oh, that sounds stupid because I guess, you know, drug taking isn't sensible at all. But, like, 
a lot of my friends know their limits, so they'll they'll do drugs, but then they'll be like, okay, I'm not going to do anything for a while now because I went a bit overboard there. They're not, like, you know, spiralling out of control. A few are, <laughs> but, you know. Um, and I think they're always the ones with parents that are like, just if you're in trouble, like, say... So I, I know quite a few... Almost all of my friends' parents are very, like, you know, if you were to, like, take a class A drug and then you're in trouble, don't be scared to call me and because I'll come and help. I would be more angry if you didn't tell me and you were in trouble and you got hurt or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I know so many friends of mine that have had really strict parents and, like, they've been in really awful situations uh, with drugs and then haven't... can't tell their parents because they're too scared of what they're going to say and then they end up getting in a more dangerous situation. So... I just feel like it's better for parents to just be open with their kids about it and not promote it, but not be like, it is disgusting, it's awful, don't you ever do it, you'll never come back to this house. Because that's, that just does not work. That is never, ever going to work. It might work whilst they're living in your house and whilst you're under their rules, but as soon as they're an adult and they're out doing their own thing and you can no longer tell them what to do, you know, it, it just doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, I think parents need to understand that it is something, as hard as it is to admit, it is something that people at my age and younger or and older, you know, find attractive. And especially during COVID. I mean, you know, there's so little to do. Um, it's kind of what everybody's resorting to. And it's the same goes for, you know, adults even. Um but yeah, and I also think it you're definitely fighting a losing battle with your kid going to uni because I know a few friends that have gone to uni this year who obviously, like, drank alcohol and kind of, you know, smoked weed, but they were, like, never, you know, never thought of, like, doing anything else other than that. But now that they're at uni, they're like, hmm, I might try this. So I feel like it's just, it's just, it's normal as as scary and sad that may be, it is normal to be attracted by these things and to want to test with danger a bit and kind of, yeah, I don't know, be risky. Um, so, yeah, but again, like I said, <laughs> like I've said about three times, uh, I can only talk for, you know, this is from my point of view. Obviously, there's plenty of very, very sensible teenagers who don't do any of this um, and aren't tempted. But, yeah, I feel like it is just, sadly, is something that happens. And, yeah. And I feel like a lot of teenagers as well, because, like I said earlier, because we're at a stage where it's like, there's loads of really confusing emotions and I definitely understand this, but even with COVID, you feel really out of control. I don't really like feeling out of control in the sense of, like, the world. And I feel like definitely with this generation, everything about the world seems so out of our control, but then everything's, like, put onto us. So, you know, all the generation, all the older generations going, look, we messed up the planet this bad. Now it's your turn to fix it. And then it's kind of like, well maybe I don't want to be the only one fixing it. That seems like so, you know, so out of my control. And I feel like a lot of teenagers end up doing a lot of drugs, especially at the moment, 
because they feel so out of control and it gives you that sense of control and, yeah, control of your emotions. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's important for parents to understand why their kids would and not just attack them for it because that's not gonna not gonna fix anything in my opinion wow that was a very difficult thing to listen to i have to say um it was difficult and yet at the same time is she not opening um the box on really a societal taboo we're all running around like headless chickens wanting to pretend that this is the situation mm. this is the problem this mm. is the fact of the matter these are the consequences this is what we would like you to mm. do this is what we would prefer it, you to do this is what society should say unbelievably honest unbelievably but, but scary. and this is one of my biggest concerns on how this relates in a weird circular way round to the, the original thought that we had about the fact that we're entering tier two covid is challenging us in so many different ways mm. there was already the challenge to the mental health of our teenagers and mental health in our adulthood. You've now got this extra constraints. You've got a young generation that we've talked a lot about it and I won't go on about it again, who are essentially being sort of villainized in many ways for how they're not taking it seriously and they can't do this and they can't do that and it's all the young people's fault and they're killing granny and don't kill granny and all this kind of stuff. And at the same time, you've removed any ability for care freedom, carefreeness, uh, an ability to just do what it is that teenagers do. If you clip their wings so much, it's like being that strict parent in societal form. It's like society and all the limitations of COVID are acting and behaving like the, the parent that says, you must not do drugs. And what's happening is a nihilism is going to creep in. I felt this from the get-go. What you have in teenagers is a desire to flirt with danger. That's what being a teenager is mm. about. I was, as she was saying that... And they're not able that, to in any other way. No, I mean, and as she was lot. saying that, I was thinking, OK, get real, Mark. Why would you do what you did? Why did you do what you Drink did? Too much, do we yeah. just want to... And we do have a sort of selective and elective amnesia as we become parents. We don't want to court that shit because that's the stuff of us, but it's not appropriate to our mm. kids. And now our kids are becoming adults and they're in a world of more choices and for a listener now who may like never have had any experience of drugs or been around anybody that has or indeed has absolutely sure that their child doesn't engage with drugs this is with the covid with covid and this this sense that kids feel so controlled and their lives are just put on pause this danger is the same with alcohol as well yeah i think kids will not all but a lot of kids, like a lot of adults, will be turning, looking for something to yeah. anaesthetise this feeling that their lives have been taken out of their hands. And yeah. whether that's drugs or drink, it, these are really uncomfortable conversations to have. It's very uncomfortable as a mother to listen to, was really, to, really to my daughter talking like that. And we only ever listen to these as you do for the very yeah. first time. I had yeah. no idea what, how she was going to talk. So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit wobbly about it. But, but you... The only way as a parent that you can really get to the nub of things is to hear the nub of things mm. because too often, like, oh, God, I just don't want to know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to know. Very head in the know. sand, yeah. Very head in the sand. Mind you, another part of me said, what, what was she saying there? There's nothing anybody can do. No. So maybe putting our head in the sand is a better thing. Well, it's not putting your head in the sand, maybe. But, 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 why no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it goes back to the original question of this, you know, is the genie out of the bottle? Have we effectively lost control? Is there, not, is there anything that we as parents can do? And I think the answer is we can only do what we've said, which is be honest, educative, uh, illustrate the, the problems, the potential mm. pitfalls. But as she said, the potential pitfalls of drug taking are part of what makes young 
take drugs. Where, like, it's part of of the of of, of a child's brain development at sixteen, I think, whatever age it is, sixteen, seventeen, that they take risks. Yeah, right. They need it for the development. Yeah. Where else are they taking risks? If well, they're not right. drinking too much and they're not doing whatever, yeah. what risks are they going to be taking instead of the normal risks that they would, which is to stay out too late yeah. and to like hold a great big part, all those things that they yeah. can't do. Where is the risk taking? Yeah, so whilst this I can is... understand what she, what Maddie just said then is, mm. is difficult listening, it's, it's honest, it's taboo stuff that we all as a culture don't want to necessarily hear, but we have to hear, but in hearing it doesn't necessarily mean that the consequences are going to be no different. What will happen as a consequence of what Maddie's talking about is increased mental health crises, increased suicide rates, increased alienation and an increased nihilism. And I've always worried from the beginning and from the beginning of this crisis, Mm. if we limit the young too much, they will burst out in the most self-damaging ways, not damaging to others. Yeah. The most there was a discussion on the radio the other day where one person after another rang up and said, well, it's very obvious what we do. We keep all the young people in. Are you mad? What do you think is going to happen no. to all those young people? I feel so angry yeah. the way that they're being discussed and the way they're being... There are some young people that are behaving appallingly yeah. and holding great big raves and coughing and spitting. But the majority of young people mm. are absolutely in the same kind of trauma that we are, that our lives as we know it have been ripped out from underneath our feet. So if you're a young person listening, if you're a parent listening, huge, huge blimmin' hugs. We don't give advice here because we are not qualified to. We just try and share our own, like, flip-flop thinking and worries and... Fears of failure and the hope that in some way we connect with how that you, how you might be feeling. So I always like to stress that. we Don't take our advice because we don't really give any. Because <laughs> yeah. most of the time we're, we're messing up. But, wow, that was a big conversation. That that was a big thing to hear from my daughter. Well, just whilst you take, take you, you, oh, yeah, gird God. your loins. I mean, I have to say that was, I was rocking and reeling all yeah. over the place there. This I was is... actually in the fetal position at yeah. one point. <laughs> Okay, let's hear Carlitos' comments. I feel like parents are fighting a losing battle when it comes to their kids and drugs. Parents and teachers can say don't do drugs all they like, but the message sometimes still won't go through. Um, It is a part of growing up doing drugs, and a lot of teens nowadays do drugs and smoke different things, and a lot of kids can be pressured into trying them and trying, like, all different types of things. Personally... I've never ever done drugs or smoked anything and I don't think I ever will. That's just me personally. Uh, I think those things paired with drinking alcohol doesn't really sit with me. You know, I don't think either one of them is really for me at this moment. Maybe when I'm older, um, you know, I like alcohol more, but at the moment I'm I'm not into either. Um, And I think it depends on the person in question really because... That's just me, but you could have a teenager and doing drugs is a new thing among the friendship group and they just want to try and fit in with the pack so they try it. But me, however, I would never allow myself to be pressured into a situation like that. I would hold my ground and just say no because only I control me and I don't need to do something in order to please others because, you know, who really cares? Like... Why would I care what other people think? You don't have to do anything that you're not 100% okay with doing. Um, 
obviously I am a little curious to know exactly what happens. I think we all are. Um, and what my experience with it would be, you know, it is, it's in our human nature to be curious, but I don't think I would never, ever give in to my curiosity. I, I think I have my mind made up that I don't want to do it and that it's not for me and no one can mock me for that or change that because it's my choice. Um, I think there is also, you know, an element of fear in there too. You know, I am scared of what can happen. You know, I've heard stories and things that go on when you're in that different state of mind and I don't want to let myself get into that shape. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I want to make it clear. I don't think doing drugs is a bad thing or is awful, you know. To each their own. Who cares what other people or your friends do? Just just worry about yourself. And I do also think that's where it can combat in terms of parenting, though, because I understand that teenagers want to try new things and try and fit in with the crowd. But at the same time, parents are looking out for their children and they want them to be safe and healthy. And I, I get that. Um, so it is it is a difficult topic to kind of talk about um yeah and I, I just personally I don't think I'm ever ever going to try drugs or smoke or anything you know my dad um tried one cigarette when he was younger hated it never smoked anything ever again and still hasn't to this day and he's he's 54 now so I think it really does depend on the person and it really does depend on who you ask you know I think a lot of teens are going to experience it one way or another but I'm not saying all teens will I know that a few will um but I'm not going to anytime soon and I don't think I ever will you know it's it's just not for me but it doesn't mean that I have a problem with it it's it's just not my thing can I just say, before we go any further, thank you to Maddie and Carlitos, yeah. who so often contribute mm. with really difficult subjects, actually, yeah. and they do it with such honesty and yeah. integrity. So, yeah. And that, to me, you know, is indicative of so many of our young people. Absolutely. They're just damn fine people. <laughs> and I think, you know, where the, the word inevitability was creeping out of Maddie's contribution, mm, I think, with, very with, interesting with Carlitos's, it was about curiosity. And I think these words are important mm. words to remind ourselves and toy with and ruminate over and think about as parents, you know, before There's one just... two years difference almost between them, isn't there? Yeah. Just that. Curiosity, yeah. fear, you know, all of these things. And I just think we have to, as parents, really, I think as they both sort of say, under understand why they're curious why they're curious understand that this is a part of this point in their lives um but yeah my god that my was god. a i feel a bit i feel a bit unwell jangled. I, I, i'm not actually joking yeah. but i need to go and lie down well you can't go for a walk because we're in tier two now. oh jesus Christ. <laughs> well i think you can go for a walk actually <laughs> That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent 
on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>